0: the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face.
1: Ah! Pitch to Walter, looking for the record, cuts back, he's got it! Ah! Historians may debate whether Chicago's defense was the best unit ever to play the game. Ah! Go Bears! Welcome to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook Pre-Game Show. On the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. Here are your hosts, Jeff Miller and Dion Miller.
2: Boy, we're starting with that, huh? Wow. I'm not going to lie, that caught me a bit <laughs> off guard, Dion. Did not <laughs> necessarily game. expect Tyler to come launching out with the uh, Bear Down theme music. Uh, wow. But maybe he's uh, doing it ironically, perhaps. I, I would
3: assume this is all tongue-in-cheek. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, Jeff Miller.
2: Happy Turkey Day to you, Dion Miller. We are here for the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show, taking you up to Bears and Lions, which begins at 1130 today. <laughs> and boy, do... <laughs>
3: We, I can't. I'm laughing already. <laughs> we
2: usually give you two hours. Uh, we're a little bit truncated today with an hour and a half. And man, let me tell you, there is. We are not short of topics to discuss. It's a short week, but boy, the Bears jammed in a lot. Let me a tell you, a lot
3: of drama and dysfunction in the last 72 hours. And I, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, it's actually, it's actually depressing. Ugh, and, it is. It's worse than the five game losing streak. It's it's uh, it's just piling on and it doesn't it doesn't show signs of ending. It doesn't give me any sort of confidence heading into this game today.
2: They've hit the point where they are truly showing you how defunct how dysfunctional they are as a yeah. franchise and an or- organization and if possible there are not too many things the bears do well where teams would mimic what they do <laughs> but they're drawing up the pl- blueprint on precisely how you go about losing a game to a winless team. Yes. I'm not sure that that's going to happen today because the Lions are so bad. They're 0-9-1 today. But, man, I don't think there's anybody out there in Chicago who would be surprised if the Bears lose this one after what has transpired at Hallis Hall this week.
3: Now, look, over the years, we've all wondered often why Detroit still gets this Thanksgiving billing. But the Lions do push harder on this day. This is their national showcase, right? So I I do feel like they're going to give the Bears a game. And as we mentioned, the dysfunction that is oozing out of this Bears team – From top to bottom, it it would not be a shock if they are unable to pull this off today and it goes to a six straight loss. But it's not going to make a change when it comes to the coaching staff.
2: Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, depressing aspects to jump into. I do want to mention though because if uh, we at any point we seem distracted, we are in the First Midwest Bank Studio on State Street and we are taking in the Thanksgiving Day parade in Chicago here. It is right in front of our eyes and it is glorious. I and even though the it. bears are depressing Dion, we at least have a fun opportunity to take all take in the sights and scenes of all these spectators who are watching a very festive Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day parade.
3: Yeah, back in person, Everybody down here seems to be safe and civil and joyous. It's the way a holiday should be kicking off.
2: Love a good Turkey Day parade.
3: Same. It's not the same without it. All right.
2: So you that's mentioned tradition. that, um, yeah, the report came out and that's probably, boy, on Sunday after the loss, uh, which was just a disappointing yeah. loss to the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. I took that in, in person at Soldier Field and certainly maybe we'll start there. That's how things, I guess, uh, where how we get to this point. I think it begins with the Soldier Field crowd at the end of the game chanting this. And, of course, that's fire nagging to nobody's surprise. The crowd was... Absolutely disheartened at the way that game unfolded and the way they lost to a backup quarterback who we were discovering who Tyler Huntley was all day Sunday morning.
3: (laughs) He's become a household name around here. That's for sure. He
2: has to the Bears. And then so that wasn't enough, you know, and then Matt Nagy goes into the post game and explains poorly,
3: poorly, some of
2: the decisions he made, you know, whether it was a headset um, debacle. Wow. Did he
3: get fired up about his headset not working for a guy who's not calling the plays? And, de- and just, I mean, he was lit. He was really, he was so flustered.
2: And then the decision to go for two, but then no, wait, let's call a timeout. Let's kick uh, an extra
4: point. Mismanaged and disorganized Absolutely. in that
3: moment. And And I will say... That, that must have been when you were sitting there because watching it, it was a roller coaster. When Dalton came in, two plays, boom, they take the lead. And then he does it again. Then they, they hit on this and they've got the lead. A minute 40 to go and you're thinking, oh, oh, oh my word, they're going to snap their skid. This is going to inject life back in them on a short week and they can, you know, this is this is, this is is the turnaround. This is the moment where you feel like it's all turning around. And then, no, no, that was the moment where the floor got pulled out from under them. Yeah. Again, again so by he, the defense.
2: He needs to call a timeout. It, the decision-making, the, the, a lot... To get there, but I don't want to dive into that because we've done that so far yeah. this week on this station. But then, of course, on Monday is when Mark conkle of Patch, who, who previously wrote for the Chicago Sun Times, he is a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter from 2011 for local reporting. So it's not like Mark conkle is somebody who He's people a legit reporter. have never heard of. He yeah. has legit sources, and he came out. And his report was that Matt Nagy had been informed that Thursday would be his last game as the Bears head coach. After that report came out, Mark Conkle joined Cap and Jay Hood to elaborate.
5: I'm not like you guys. I'm not in the mix every day, but I, I'm just going to tell you I got a really good source on this, and um, I'm pretty confident that you know this is going to be his last his last game. Obviously, you guys have been reporting. You know, he lost. He's lost the locker room. He's lost five games in a row. I kind of was surprised when I got a call this morning about it. And, um, you know, it just
2: looks like this is going to happen. Now, I tend to believe that the information that Mark Conkle received was, in all likelihood, portions of it were accurate. I do believe that there's a pretty good chance the Bears probably had decided to part ways with Matt Nagy, and their intention was probably to do so after today's game. Yes. I don't believe, though, whoever... Mark Conkle's source was, who told him that Matt Nagy had been informed, I don't think that information was accurate.
3: I don't think so either.
2: Doesn't seem in the, the any way... The response
3: afterwards is what indicates that yeah. that was not the case. So
2: that leads us perfectly then to the press conference, Matt Nagy's regularly scheduled press conference, in which he was asked, look, this was going to be the first question, no doubt about it, when that report's out there. And so this is how it unfolded.
6: Matt, there's a report today that you had been informed. Is your last game as... That is not accurate. You know, I have not. Um, you know, I have great communication with ownership, with George and Ted and, and Ryan, but uh, I have not had any discussions. What Have been your discussions with George and Ted and Ryan this week? Just uh, um, for, for uh, th- this week, we have not talked um, this week, and that's that was scheduled. You know, that's been uh, we we have a, a good schedule over the years where we have discussions. Um, like, like you guys always hear us talk about. You know, we have constant um, communication. Uh, I always think it's good and healthy, and um, and so we, we stayed on course. And with the bye week, and then with the short turnaround uh, with game prep, um, we have not. We have assurance that he will coach the rest of the season. Man. Say that again. We have assurance that you'll coach. Again, there. my my focus right now is on these players and on Detroit. That's it. So that
2: was the initial minutes that he was being peppered with questions, and fairly because that is the obvious story at this point. I'll ask you, DN, because you took it in. What was your reaction as this was unfolding?
3: Well, as I was sitting there, I kept thinking, okay, how how have they prepped him for this? Because obviously, he was not the first one that had to face those questions. It was special teams coordinator Chris Tabor, who nice. I will argue sounded like a head coach in that moment, and and he he really uh, Tabor was so solid. And hopefully, we'll get to hear from him a little bit later in the show. But he he was dispelling this report immediately. Nagy got up there, and I felt like he was dancing a little bit more. And and that's how he's been I know all all season every time we ask him questions he kind of it's the word salad, right? He says a lot and doesn't say anything. And as I was sitting there I thought he has not been informed of this. Someone has not he's not been informed that this is his last game, but it could very well be the case. And and it was it it just felt um it felt different. It felt like something had changed yeah. and it felt like he knew something had changed.
2: Yeah, and and that's one of the situations where again I think that report was Mark Conkle's report was accurate to an extent. I don't. Yes. And there you just heard it. It but, didn't sound like Nagy was lying. No, and it did It would not be in any way good practice for an NFL team to inform a head coach that they were parting ways. Little- and, then,
3: and then say, wait, but go coach this game. Like that, that isn't, I don't, that would not happen. Sam Acho was on ESPN. He said this, he was, he'd been in that locker room. Correct. He knows this front office. He said there is no, they've never fired a coach midseason. And now the first time they do it, they're going to say, but also coach this game first. And then we're going to say goodbye. Like there's, I just, there's no way they would do that. So
2: I believe that Conkle's source probably has some insights, but the reality is they don't have their finger on the pulse of everything because right. it's just bad form And and just ridiculous to ask a coach to go to inform them that this is their last game. It might be different in baseball. Like, you know, you could understand, you know, Joe Madden having an idea when he was completing his run with the Cubs for the last 10 to 20 games that, look, this is likely going to be we're going to part ways. Different, though, in baseball. You know, Mm -hmm. it's you're not in football. And, you know, one game per week basis where coaches spend 19 to 20 hours in the facilities putting in. The, the the work trying to grind out wins you cannot ask a head coach to go in mid-season still by the way right go coach our team for one last game but by the way no matter what happens that, that's nonsensical that's,
3: that's nonsensical but if there is a franchise that could mismanage firing someone it would be the bears
2: so i i believe again i believe that there was probably the idea that the bears were going to part ways however then after that press conference in the <laughs> afternoon Later this
3: timeline on, is just so jam packed. Later
2: right, on on Tuesday, <laughs> Matt Nagy then had a meeting with the higher ups of the Bears, and yes. what was said specifically, we do not know. But what we can do is read the tea leaves, and the fallout was that Matt Nagy decided to go ahead and cancel the remaining the walk-throughs, walk-through. walkthroughs that on he a had short scheduled week when
3: you haven't won a game in forty some days. All right, go ahead.
2: So, what was said during that meeting, I do not know, but. The, the fact that he chose to cancel those walkthroughs leads you leads me to believe that at that point, I was under the assumption, okay, now he's been informed that yes, this is likely going, going is to be it. his last game yeah. and they had no other choice. However, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, we learned from Tam, Dan Pompey, which has later been confirmed by several other several bear other sources, sources, including yeah. our own Jeff Dickerson, who will join us. Uh, Later today at 11 o'clock, J.D. then confirmed Dan Pompey's report that George McCaskey met with the Bears team and told them that Matt Nagy was not going to be fired after Thursday's game. And I think that's where we're at right now.
3: Yeah. Then they got on the bus and they went and they flew to Detroit. Uh, No, that's pretty much it. Oh, also, there was another social media post on Monday night that indicated that Um, A growing number of players have called for Nagy to be fired and he's essentially losing the locker room, which was another sub storyline that we had to clear up with a podcast co-host of Alan Robinson. So someone who does have an inside source and uh, A-Rob didn't exactly answer the question. Um,
2: You know what? We're right there. You brought it up. Jordan Schultz uh, tweeted out that Matt Nagy had lost the locker room and as Deion just mentioned, Jordan Schultz has co hosted a podcast with Alan Robinson. And so, you know, you can draw a straight line there. And so Alan was asked about that tweet
7: yesterday from Jordan Schultz, who you do a podcast with, that said a majority of the players want Coach Nagy fired. Did you have any input in before he put that report out, and have you talked to him since?
8: No, I haven't had I have had any input with that. You know, again, I mean, me and him did a basketball podcast. You know, um, everything that we have from a podcast standpoint and a relationship standpoint have been, you know, based on covering basketball and based on talking about basketball. You know, again, I mean, you guys know I mean, anything that's ever i want to get across or has come from me you know and it'll always be that way it'll never change anything that i want to you know get accomplished want to say you know i'm a grown-ass man you know i mean i can i can get stuff done myself
7: are you okay with obviously the optics even that you do a basketball podcast with him are you okay with him putting that out on twitter
8: you know yeah i mean stuff like that is very tough you know definitely is you know um it's tough because i mean obviously like you said i mean me and him having a podcast you know putting me in a very vulnerable situation, you know, stuff like that, you know. So, I mean, that conversation, you know, um, I was definitely had, you know, and, again, moving forward, like I said before, I mean, everything that you guys, anything that I need to get across, I get across, you know I mean? I have a voice, you know, I have, I have my social platforms, I have my own voice. I sit in front of you guys every week and talk. So, I mean, there's nothing that I ever need to hide behind somebody else to, to you know, get out there.
2: That was Alan Robinson on Tuesday discussing the okay, report we've that discussed, Matt Nagy had lost. we discussed
3: early. a words per minute count because Deshaun Gibson is like high on that. But Alan was woo wow. He was really speaking very quickly there, and I he didn't he didn't deny it. He didn't deny it. He said that he put him in a vulnerable vulnerable position, and mm. that um, it, because obviously everyone knows the connection. And yes, Alan does talk a lot. He does, but he would never tell us this. He uh, would never be that honest. No, he would he, never say, yeah, I think he's losing the locker room. No, none of them would say that.
2: It's a, listen, I, I, it,
3: I And this he, is another. We've already used this. Well, I don't know if we've used it today, but we've used it in the past. I think he does the protest too much. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's insisting that he would tell us if this was if he wouldn't use somebody else <laughs> to get his, that word out. Well, I highly
2: doubt that Alan Robinson would ever come to the microphone and tell reporters our head coach has lost the locker room. Right. Directly. That's he's just never. No. But, you know, this is a way to maybe subvert it and. Give that put that information out Out there, there. and then go ahead and deny it publicly. And by the way, Alan Robinson is inactive today, along with Justin Fields. We uh, knew that because uh, Matt Nagy, in that long press conference about his job status, also did address the fact that Andy Dalton would indeed start. There was also the um, the uh, question. We finally got clarity. You know, if when Justin Fields does return, what's the status? Yeah.
1: To make it completely clear, your depth chart
5: is it still Fields Dalton?
2: Yes. Yes. Yep. So there we go. When Justin Fields is actually healthy and ready to play, he will go back into the starting lineup, at least based on that soundbite.
3: We missed one more step in the drama of the last couple of days.
2: You know what? hold it we'll get we'll get that i <laughs> promise right, you we'll right, we right. get to that next uh but i did want yeah so justin fields is inactive damien williams Allen robinson uh and akeem hicks mario edwards those are the key and jesper Horsted. those are the key inactives for today this is the points bet sportsbook pregame show i'm jeff meller along with Dion miller she'll let you know what else we missed next
1: you're listening to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN1000.
0: The team that went to the uh, Olympics in '88. John Thompson, late, trying John
5: Thompson, a good strong move, was the Olympic coach there. And uh, the United States finished third. Right on the foul. His second,
7: His second His foul, pass. and the first on the Pacers in the fourth.
2: seems to be the only thing that's unifying people these days in Chicago is the Fire Nagy chant that was in the Monday night game at the UC Highlight, courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago, Adam Amin and Stacey King there. And you heard in the background the fan base of the Bulls and, of course, Bears fans attending Bulls games, uh, chanting Fire Nagy. We also had the story about the opposition at Lake Forest High School. Oh, over the week fire uh over the weekend chanting Fire Nagy at Matt Nagy's son's football game. That was unfortunate Awful. of course. Awful. Hate Awful. to see that. But uh, you know, not really surprising. Um teenagers do some dumb things at points in time. Yeah. I I did dumb things as a teenager, so I, you know I
3: sometimes I still do dumb
2: things. You yeah so <laughs> uh, yeah that was a little unfortunate no, that was but really unfortunate. you know when you get to the professional level it's not surprising at all and then I just got notified via Twitter and you uh sounded like you knew uh, what I was talking about last night at uh the AE, AEW wrestling uh match uh, a Fire Naggy <laughs> chant broke out on four separate occasions at the UC. Uh yes,
3: Wintrust. So, I think that was it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank
2: you. Yes. So yeah, it, it's it's happening all over the city it is the the chant is easy and it clearly seems like it has reached the upper levels of bears management in light of that most recent report and you mentioned i failed to in the the last segment as we were trying to weave our way through the timeline of the past three days oh by the way you missed this meller
3: yes uh apparently George McCaskey insisted they start Justin Fields over a healthy Andy Dalton before that Raiders game in week five. Mm-hmm. And and Nagy did not want to do it, which we remember. That was the week that he came out on Monday and said, when healthy, Andy is still our quarterback. And 48 hours later said, we're going to move forward with Justin. And now they're saying that McCaskey is the one who insisted on that, which just further highlights some of that dysfunction that's behind the scenes. Like who is actually calling the shots? They don't have... They don't have a former player in there. They don't have that that person who's been on the field for this team wearing the jersey and like really like owning that part of it in the front office. They don't have that person. And I think that would be huge in this moment to know who's actually in charge because I don't think that they know.
2: You hit on that there and it my thought process on this is in the NFL there are plenty of owners who have their hands in on what's going on, yes. especially when it comes to the quarterback position. That's life in the NFL. You know, owners of billion-dollar entities get to make the final decision, whether you like it or not. That's the truth of the matter. The problem for the Bears is, and and plenty of fans out there are probably happy that George McCaskey insisted to Matt Nagy that you continue and let Justin Fields play. Whatever, you, your your plan be damned. Right. The problem... Is when you lead Matt to believe that it's his call, and then he thinks it's his call, and then he trots up in front of the media and says, Andy Dalton, when he comes back and returns as the starter, and then a day later he has, has to, to completely yeah. flip flop because he's been told by his boss, George McCaskey. That's where it becomes difficult for Matt Nagy to stand in front of the locker room and have everybody's right. respect and attention because he's been neutered publicly in a manner that you would hate. You hate for your head coach to try and fight it's just it's it's an impossible situation for the most mm-hmm. part to work your way through if you're supposed to be the leader of the guys in that locker room
3: why is george the one insisting on it though why are they even allowing him to make that call i, I mean that's it's just it just again it further I, highlights that things are well, such a mess so
2: it's interesting because a lot of people have They'll call in in 312-332-3776 if you'd like to talk to us on this Thanksgiving day. Deann Miller, Jeff Miller here for you for the Bears pregame show up until 1130, up until kickoff on Fox today. I think, you know, a lot of people, some people will call in and say, you know what, it's the fans' fault. They need to stop going. They need to stop supporting the Bears at Soldier Field. But the truth is, it's... It, the NFL it, is a, a, monster a monster financially. Yes, and you, yes. And that's not going to do anything. But where I do think sometimes, you know, you can reach you know, someone like George McCaskey is when you hear publicly these fire naggy chants. Yeah. Like I do think that resonates in some way. Oh my you know, it's not just at Soldier Field after after a bad no. loss. It's everywhere. It's across the city. I do right. think that that resonates up uh, at the front office in Hallis Hall.
3: I I do too. The public embarrassment is a big deal to them. It's why they insi- like why that Packers losing to the Packers again and again bothers them so much. Why Virginia's been pissed in the past. That's that's the reason because this they care about their public image mm-hmm. and this is uh, is an unmitigated disaster. The last seventy two hours have been an embarrassment to to a storied franchise that one of the foundational franchises in this league and they cannot get out of their own way.
2: This is not really a surprise if you've been covering this team for any period of time. And it certainly uh, did not really come as a surprise to a man who's witnessed it firsthand. Jay Cutler was on with Waddle and Sylvie yesterday and they asked him straight out, hey, does any of this surprise you?
5: No, not at all. It's you know, it's every two, three years this happens. I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate. Uh, I feel bad for the players being in this situation. Um, I've been there myself. So it's just, it's just, it's just, you know, instead of concentrating on a Thursday game, which is hard enough as it is, you know, they've got all these other distractions. Are they going to have a coach Friday morning? Are they not going to have a coach? You know, some of the older players are going, hey, am I going to have a new coach next year? Some of the free agents are saying, hey, you know, I'm gonna get out of here. Some of the younger guys, are like I'm just trying to learn this offense and defense. And now I got to think about this. It's just, it's just bad business.
2: It absolutely is, and it makes the Bears, you know, trying to wade their way through this and out of it, you know, in the next upcoming years, it's gonna be all the more difficult when you put on public displays like this for the rest of the league to take in.
3: Who's the common denominator in the? This happens every two to three years. Is it Ted Phillips?
2: It's. I think it's impossible right? to know. Ted Phillips I, has been he's, he's been there, there, there for 22 years. Yes, So, you know, as a team president, has he dropped the ball? Uh, yes. yes. After only three playoff appearances? Definitely. I think the problem, though, is that I I truly believe if the Bears make the right hire to be their general manager, that person can run this franchise competently. Yeah. And, and you know, it's I know everyone's said, say they say, well, fire it the, the McCaskies need to sell the team. Ted Phillips needs to be fired. Maybe. But I think plenty of team presidents can make bad hires that you just need to figure out a way to get the hire correct.
3: Right. right. But they haven't. They so haven't. That's, now that goes back to Ryan Pace, right? Like that. Sure. That, now it's on him. I mean, this is a guy who's failed at hiring two head coaches. He has messed up the draft. He has spent a ton of money in free agency where you're just supposed to be like filling gaps, not creating your team. And yes. that's what he's done. And a lot of that money is on the injury report. We just talked about this four days ago. And, and it's I like Ryan Pace a lot, but he also has to be held accountable in this moment. And it can't be maybe he's the one getting fired like it has some some change would have to happen.
2: It's interesting to see if that will be the next domino to fall, because, you know, I've talked to some people who have said that they for a while have thought he was safe and yeah. they, they thought at the very least he might be moved into a vice president role of his own and maybe he would hire help hire the next GM and be taken away from, you know, picking players. I, I'm with you. I yeah. see the, the look on your face. It's not I what I think, want.
3: But the one thing that I will say, it, we have heard this over and over again is the McCaskies really like Ryan Pace yeah. and Matt Nick. They really like them and they are loyal people. And so I can't, that's where I have a hard time with them actually pulling the trigger midseason and making some sort of drastic change that needs to be made. Make no mistake, yeah. it needs to be made. But I just have a hard time believing they'll do that, especially in the middle of the season.
2: Uh, Jamison's in Boulder, Colorado. He wants to talk about the Bears' current front office. Jameson, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on, guys? Happy Thanksgiving.
3: Happy Thanksgiving.
8: All right. You know, I think the Bears do themselves a solid by going out and getting uh, Theo Riddick and just putting him in charge. He's already said that he can work with that. That uh, group there in Chicago, he doesn't have to you know, do anything drastic. He can kind of sit and evaluate the rest of the season and just watch the, uh, the pieces move and keep what he likes and whatever he doesn't at the end of the season, he can trash. And, and I think everyone will be behind him. And the Bears look like winners. They, they look confident if they do something like that. Um, I say even keep Nagy on. Um, just, just let him ride it out and let, uh, let Riddick kind of evaluate everything as a professional should.
2: Thanks, Jameson. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Of course, you meant Lewis Riddick, not yeah. uh, the former Lions running back Theo Riddick. I should mention, too, Jared Goff will start for the Lions today. So this, it is lining up. That does not up.
3: make me feel better. That does not make me feel better. It
2: is lining up for the Lions to find their way to their first victory this season. You have to believe they're going to give their absolute best effort mm-hmm. knowing that against the Bears, this is probably... You know, not saying they can't win the rest of the season, but when they look at the schedule, this is the one they circle and say, we get them on a short week. They have to travel to Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan Campbell has fired up his team in the past and had them ready to play. So um, uh, the Bears are going to get do. all they want this this Thursday.
3: All he has to do is say, "Guys, Google Chicago Bears," and that you will see how distracted this team is from what's actually happening on the field today.
2: Three. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No,
3: no, that was three one two
2: three three two three seven seven six. Plenty of people want to jump in and talk on this Thanksgiving day. We're here for you, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. She's Deanne Miller. I'm Jeff Miller. More next with your calls on ESPN One Thousand.
1: Chicago's home for sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook Pre Game Show on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Here are your hosts, Jeff Miller and ABC 7's Dion Miller.
2: Happy Thanksgiving to you in 2021. It looks like the Thanksgiving Day Parade on State Street is wrapping up here in Chicago. That was I'm,
3: fun. I got to take that in a little bit. No was.
2: fire naggy chance, right?
3: Not, uh, you don't
2: hear? We don't know that, we don't Tyler. Know. Can we confirm? Tyler. We All cannot right. confirm that. From outside our position, we did not hear it. That we is true. Not. That is true. But like the sound is kind of muffled. So I cannot confirm that there was no sparse fire naggy chant breaking out on the uh, during the parade walk somewhere
3: so. along the route maybe yeah depends on what the float was probably
2: uh that is the voice of Dion miller <laughs> i am jeff Miller this is the points bet sportsbook pregame show here on espn 1000 we were just arguing in the I. bullpen which is brought to you by IDOT's Life or Death, Illinois.com. 300 people die each year on Illinois roads as a result of impaired driving. Impaired driving is really a matter of life or death. We were arguing in the IDOT bullpen about whether or not Thanksgiving and Christmas should be meshed together. I like separation of my holidays. Don't put your Christmas decorations up until the Friday after. Black Friday, perfectly acceptable to me. Don't do it beforehand. You, Dion. You were you were trying my
3: children. <laughs> You were
2: trying to tell me that you like them separate too but you put your Christmas decorations up. I said, "No! That is meshing them together."
3: You're right it is. I I I you're right. I'm such a hypocrite. No, I as I sit here, I have a faux tree up in my living room. Mm-hmm. I do. It's not decorated, okay. but it's up. And then I also have some greens on my fireplace, but I still have fall things up too. It's a very much a mash-up of mm-hmm. the holidays right now. But I, I'm feeling that pressure. There's Christmas stuff everywhere, Jeff. Everywhere. Don't
2: cave. Don't cave to I'm the peer pressure. I'm trying not to, as but I'm pa- looking
3: outside at like, Macy's State Street. Dion, as, as a, a parent,
2: <laughs> you, need to, you need to impart <laughs> upon your children not to cave to the peer pressure.
3: My son actually said he's like, as soon as Halloween's over, everybody's like, right on to Christmas. I was like, no, no! It, Thanksgiving! And I can always get behind a holiday where you don't actually have to buy gifts. That's what I love absolutely. about Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Right? I love
2: Thanksgiving so much, and I hate Same. that it gets the 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 short shrift because of Christmas just
3: barging in. (laughs) Christmas is hot on its tail. I know. I know. uh,
2: Let's try Travis, who's hanging out in Arkansas today on this holiday. Travis, you going to watch the Bears? Uh,
5: So I I am going to watch the Bears, and I'm right now currently driving from the Little Rock area up to Marshall to hang out with my Mm in-laws. But in the past, Jeff, I would... Make up any and all types of excuses to stay home and miss the family function to <laughs> just watch the Bears game. Sure. And today, I have a perfect example. You know, I work for Amazon. I work tonight at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. So today, I could have easily just said, hey, guys, I can't make it. I got to work tonight, right? And, and, and cave in. But um, I would feel so guilty staying home to watch the game because the game is probably going to be crap. <laughs> the Bears are probably going to embarrass us, and I'm probably just going to be upset that I
2: waste three hours watching it. I, I think that's a high you've likelihood. Made,
3: you've made a wise choice. But cheers to you. We love our Amazon delivery drivers. <laughs> yeah, d- love, love, love you guys. Yes, props. Be- Keep- very
5: good. And, hey, I, 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 got, I do have one more question because I've, I've called a couple times, and I don't know the right way to say it. So yeah, I grew up in Chicago, been there 44 years. I just moved to Little Rock. So do I, do I say I'm calling from Arkansas by way of Chicago, or is it the opposite?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know what, I think, uh, Travis, you say, you know, whether you're calling about the Bears or whatever, just say, you know, just make notes, you're a Bears fan, lifelong Chicagoan who uh, now resides in Arkansas. I think that's perfectly acceptable. Good. Copy that.
5: Hey, thanks, guys. Happy right.
3: Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Safe driving, Thank please. you
2: for the call, Travis. Uh, feel free to call anytime from Arkansas. We will happily accept the phone yes. call. Let's try Alex who's on the south side. Hey Alex, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Happy Thanksgiving, Jeff and Dion.
7: And thank you so I can get this off of my chest and, and, and continue with the rest of my day because I've been listening. Um, I just want to make a comment. I don't know what the the, it was a Sunday game, and Tony Romo was commentating, and he talked about, uh, basically, from his perspective, the game is so much more complicated now, and they put up stats from, from all the rookie quarterbacks and talked about how they are all struggling. And in his opinion, he wouldn't be playing uh, Justin Fields because, number one, he wasn't he he wasn't the starting quarterback, so he didn't get the first starting quarterback reps in training camp. We have Anthony Dalton, and please answer, speak on this. Mm-hmm. Does Nick Foles exist?
5: <laughs> is he uh. is he
7: a phantom or we have a a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Justin Fields, I guess uh, hopefully his injuries are not this serious, bruised ribs. So you have your future who wasn't prepared, and yeah, it's good to see some real NFL speed and game time, but now you're putting your future, what if you put your future quarterback at risk? When you have two veteran quarterbacks, who can play the game and understand uh, maybe defense is a little better right now, run offense? I think the Bears, we don't know how to be honest and say we're rebuilding. Mm -hmm. We're rebuilding a team for the future, and if McCaskey is making that decision, No wonder we always end up in these
2: uh, situations. No, it's a great point, Alex. I
3: I honestly think, Alex, that's why they are playing Justin Fields, because McCaskey made this decision and said it. And he's the owner and he gets final say, which is wrong. Trust me, that's not the way it should go. But that is what it sounds like has happened in this situation.
2: Yeah, uh, we mentioned it, you know, the, the report from Hub Arkish yesterday that, that had also happened amidst, you know, after we got word from Dan Pompey that he, George McCaskey, addressed the team and told them that Matt Nagy was not going to be fired after today's game. He gave them that assurance. And so we'll, you know, I, I would be surprised based on that report because Dan Pompey is very plugged in. I trust everything Dan Pompey puts out there. So after that report, I would be very surprised if Matt Nagy is fired after today's game.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, now whether or not that decision, maybe that was on the table until the report Report broke, and now they've just got so much egg on their face that they will, I think it's very possible, they shifted and decided, you know what, it doesn't hurt us any to keep Matt Nagy on on for, you know, at least up until it is weeks, I believe, 16, 17, 18, when you can, now that new rule where you can uh, go ahead and interview potential head coaching candidates. So it's not necessarily, it doesn't hurt the team to keep him on much, It just, they look bad as an organization publicly
3: well yes this week has done a number on their image in the in the nfl There's and I, no question about it
2: i will say to alex's question about starting rookie quarterbacks i listen did they mismanage it if if justin fields was going to be your starter he should have been taking first team reps during training From camp. go yeah you know, and and clearly that was never and uh matt Nagy's plan he no. wanted the patrick mahomes plan that clearly has worked out very well for patrick mahomes and I will say, you know, I think I'm currently reading uh Seth Wickersham's book about the Patriots dynasty. Yeah. And in there it has a lot about Tom Brady openly admitting that his rookie season when he was sitting behind Drew Bledsoe, he had no idea.
3: Like, really? like yeah,
2: like he admitted like he was not prepared really to, you know, I like we're talking about the greatest of all time. Yeah. And he needed to he needed that first season on the bench to watch and learn. And so I do think, Alex, Tony Romo's point is certainly legitimate. Yeah. But, you know, the reality is that it's not the way it happened. In in a functioning organization, yes, you would let the head coach make the decision. That is clearly not what we're dealing with here in Chicago.
3: (laughs) It is not. And Justin has taken a lot of hits. His toughness is not in question in this moment. But should he be being put in that position week Mm -hmm. in and week out when he isn't isn't ready his inconsistent he was he, he did not have a good first half against baltimore he looked he looked in over his head yes that did not look like he was like he had 2 weeks to get ready right like he was coming off the bye week and that is that's disturbing. That mm. so where does that lie? And then we're just getting so many different messages because you hear Bill Lazer talk about him from Go. It seemed like Laser thought if there had been an open competition, he would have won the job. And and he was so high on him and so like he's so even keel. But then this week that conversation shifted and he talked about how confident Andy Dalton is and how great he is. Mm-hmm. It's just we're getting so many mixed messages from an organization that, as we've said so many times, cannot get out of it its own way. They're, like, tripping over their own words.
2: Let's quickly slip in Joe in Naperville. Hey, Joe, you're on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000.
5: Hi, guys.
3: Thanks for
1: taking
7: my call. Uh, yeah, just to come to, again, like, the last call, it, just, it feels good to get some stuff off your chest. But first off, I don't know, if I started listening about a half hour ago. Did we get into how the heck that pass reported
5: that, that guy? Like, the pass reports when, like, the kills the is closing and, like, the local, like, water polo championship and then this guy's leaking something.
2: That yeah, Joe, I'm going to put you on hold because your your phone's a little hard to hear there. He was asking, you know, how did Mark Conkle get that nugget? And he, he mentioned it with and J. Hood. Look, he has a, a source that he thinks is very close to the situation mm-hmm. who he trusts. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we've laid it out earlier on, right, end that uh, I believe there was some accuracy to mark conkle's report i think the bears as an organization whoever he spoke with probably had made the decision that they were going to part ways with matt nagy but i don't believe the part where they had informed him based on what we heard from matt nagy Based on George McCaskey then retroactively meeting with Matt Nagy and then the next day meeting with the team, I don't think Matt Nagy was ever informed that this would be his last game.
3: I don't think so either. I think it was a discussion behind the scenes and that source is the one that called Mark Conkle. I will say this. I appreciated Conkle saying, look, I'm not there every Mm -hmm. day. So that's why this tip caught me off guard. But I feel like I have a good source. I appreciate that as as someone who does cover the team every day, it's hard to hear these insider stories coming out for people who don't even have a credential to the building. And I appreciated that he said that. He's like, "Look, this is this is where what I was told, and that's why I believe it, and that's why I believe that he got the right information." Then the Bears just had to suddenly backtrack because the report came out. It was it was mismanaged. They did things in reverse order.
2: And this is what we're dealing with, with an organization that uh, owned by the McCaskies, where we know there are are plenty of McCaskies involved, whether or not they should be. Hey, this is where we're at. We know that um, Patrick Ryan and McKenna have minority stakes where they have right of first refusal to purchase the team if the McCaskies ever choose to sell. So there are lots of people who potentially could be close to the situation who could be sources for Mark Conkle. So, you know, again, I don't doubt the legitimacy of them having made the decision but I do believe that he got incorrect whoever was his source was giving him incorrect information that Mad Nagy had been informed I think that was on display on Tuesday
3: yeah I think so too and and the way that Nagy responded and then the the consequent event events after that even when we sat in that press conference and he was asked are you going to seek out the front office like George and Ryan and and find some sort of assurance and he was like look we have a scheduled meeting after the game but then that all went topsy-turvy which takes me back to what you said that I don't think he had been informed Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think so, but then how was he prepped for that press conference? Like that, gosh, was he if prepped? I, could, I don't, I don't. Uh, I mean, the, they the had to have he was at least given, told him that this was out there.
2: I don't think uh, he's getting whatever prep he gets for his press conferences. I don't think well, it's an effective job.
3: That's a that's a topic for a whole nother time. But they, yeah, uh, correct, because it's he's not the only one who's not prepped for press conferences.
2: She is Deanne Miller. I'm Jeff Miller. This is the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show. Up next, all right, we've got we've laid it out for you. We've given you all the dysfunction that's taken place. How are you going to bet it? We'll ask Points Bet's Teddy Greenstein next.
1: It's time for another episode of Miller and Meller, America's Favorite Bears Pregame. The ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook Pregame Show. Here is ABC7's Dion Miller and fantasy guru Jeff Meller. <laughs>
2: Celebrating Thanksgiving with you here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller alongside Dion Miller taking you up to a begrudgingly taking you up to a (laughs) Bears-Lions kickoff at 1130.
3: I was just thinking that um, typically 30 minutes before the pregame show's over, I'm full of inexplicable optimism. And I think, oh, my gosh, Bears are going to win today. I don't feel that way today.
2: Yeah, they definitely they uh, sapped that from everybody this week. Uh, I mentioned it at the start of the show. I think they've drawn up the blueprint. If you're going to lose to a winless team halfway through the season, more than halfway through the season, this is how you do this it. Is you do this it. is how you create distractions in your locker room and at your practice facility. Let's head uh, out to Jeff Dickerson right now, who was with you this week on The Beat. Dion and yes. J.D. joins us now here on Thanksgiving. J.D., uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, and uh, happy birthday to Parker, my man.
4: Yes, happy Thanksgiving. I uh, opted to stay home today because it's my son's 11th birthday That's along awesome. with Thanksgiving, so I'm home, and I'm full of something. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, the bears <laughs> are full of something. I think we all know what that is, and uh, let's see what happens. It has been a, very, been a very trying week, hasn't it? I mean, it's like one of those weeks where you're like, man, I'm tired, and it's only Thursday. Yeah. Uh, that's not good. Uh, but, yes, I, Jeff, you're right. I mean, if, if you want to lose to the Lions, this is how you do it. Although, perhaps, you know, the fact that now this has calmed down and George McCaskey told the team yesterday that the report is not true, that Matt Nagy's not going to be fired after today's game. Perhaps they settle down and, and get down to the business of actually playing some good football and beating a team that they really, guys, have no excuse not to beat today.
3: Well, how do how do you like assess what went on though, J D? Because we were there and we you hear Matt Nagy didn't sound like he knew he was being fired, and then the the events that followed of him canceling meetings and meeting with the front office and then George stands up, it just feels like there's too much of a sideshow with a team that has such a small margin for error that it just, it just puts them behind the eight ball heading into this game.
4: Yeah. Like you said, Dion, I mean, he didn't think he was going to be fired because no one had told him that he was going to be fired. Mm -hmm. So he hears this and I don't know like if he was given a huge heads up or what, you know, how that all works or anything. We're not in that wing of the, uh, of the organization, but like, I think he had every right to be kind of upset. You're like, where Mm -hmm. does this come from? Uh, The report itself was not wishy-washy. It was pretty definitive, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. he's being fired, and I'm hearing this from, you know, top people and all this stuff. So I think he had to get some explanation. I I don't know um, if it needed to interfere with, like, the rest of meetings and everything on Tuesday. But, you know, Wednesday, I thought there was a lot more clarity. You know, George made the comment to the team, and now hopefully, for their sake, they can put it behind them. But, yeah, I mean, no one wants to hear that they're getting let go. I mean, that's going to affect anybody, especially a head coach. But let's not be naive. Look, he's on the hot seat right now. I mean, you know, Matt Nagy has done a lot of good things, but they've lost five in a row. And... They're three and seven, and if you were looking for this year to to you know provide some sort of measuring stick for improvement, you just haven't seen it. And I think the most glaring um, issue that Matt Nagy has to overcome is why is the offense so bad again? Like mm-hmm. why is it ranking near the bottom of almost all these categories again? And that's a hard, that's going to be a hard explanation for him to make to, to George and. I'm not sure how Ted Phillips or however that works up there. But I mean, that's the problem is, you know, he's not going to get fired now. But if things don't change and change in a hurry, how is he going to make a strong case to keep his job after the season? I don't know.
2: No, I'm with you, JD. Based on George, the report, you know, Dan Pompey put out there first, you confirmed it, mm-hmm. that George McCaskey went out there and did uh, go ahead and assure people that Nagy was not going to be fired after this game. That's fine. They Maybe maybe they changed directions. That still does, you know, it doesn't mean that Mark Conkle's report was incorrect. I think I, the one thing Deanna, Deanna and I have hit on and quibbled with is that I don't believe he was ever informed that he was going to be fired. That's where I think whoever was speaking to Mark Conkle was probably off base, but I do think it's possible that the organization was trending in the direction of firing him. And now that they've got so much egg on their face publicly, maybe they're going to change their direction based on McCaskey meeting with the team. But nevertheless, it just feels like when, you know, not if it feels like it's going to happen at the end of the season, at the very least, whether or not it do, do you think, Though that it's still in play, that they would fire him in season to take advantage of those changing in coaching rules where they would be able to interview some potential candidates before the playoffs start because the NFL has changed their rule this year. That's a good point, Jeff.
4: You can't rule it out. But here's what I here's how I feel if you're going to let Mark Tressman finish out coaching a season, Mm -hmm. like if you're going to let John Fox after all the horrible football people had to see for three years you're going to let him finish out a season, are you really going to fire Matt Nagy midseason? I mean, he was the coach of the year three years ago. Yeah. You know, He has a winning record. They've been to the playoffs two out of three years. I'm not saying that's enough to keep his job, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, are you really going to change your, your course here of your franchise and let him go during the season, given the, the precedent that you've set in the past and really, you know, like what he has done. I mean, I know people don't like him right now. Fan base is all heated up. But, I mean, to make the playoffs two out of three years for the Bears, that's kind of an accomplishment, right? I mean, that doesn't really happen very often. I know they backed in last year, but they still made it. And they do win a fair a fair number of games. So, yeah, I, I, I personally don't see them firing him midseason during the season. But I'm telling you that things really have to change for me to say that I feel comfortable that he's going to keep his job one more year, I I, I I kind of agree with you guys. It almost feels like it's sort of a fait accompli that it's it's going to happen. But there are still some games left. There's a lot of teams hovering around that three and four, you know, win uh, mark in the NFC. We'll see what happens. But if they were looking for improvement this year, which they were. I don't think they're finding much of it.
3: It's super disappointing too that the last couple of losses have been defensive lapses that they're not typical, and that just adds to like what is wrong with this team and can they turn things around? Does does any any part of you think that they rally up today and and put on some sort of impressive show?
4: There's a part of me that does. Can you believe it? Really? <laughs> a I don't. Part I don't believe does. you for real. For real. Wow. For real. I don't know. I just uh, this
3: is a bad Lions team. Yeah.
4: And the Bears are not good, but I wouldn't put them in this category. I mean, I put them in this category when they're facing really good teams. Like, they can't beat the good teams. Mm -hmm. But they always beat the bad teams. They always beat the Lions. Nagy always beats the Lions. You know, not having Allen Robinson certainly hurts again. Keem Hicks being ruled out. Uh, They do get Eddie Jackson back. I'll let you all make your comments there if that's a good thing or a bad thing for the Bears. You're not having Khalil Mack the rest of the year. That hurts. Um, but I, I think they can, and really, guys, I think they should. There's two things. I think if you're going to really evaluate this thing, you look at last week and you say, okay, that's a bad, bad loss. We talked about this in the pregame show You know, last week. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Lamar Jackson. You had a very limited backup quarterback, and they still found a way to lose. They didn't find a way to win. They found a way to lose. Okay? That's a bad loss. Now, how do they handle this quick turnaround, all this adversity? If they come through here and they really put a beating on the Lions, I'm not saying that does anything long term or it saves anyone's job, but that's certainly a check in the right direction. I think they all know that. And I, yes, there's a weird part of me. Maybe it's the turkey. Maybe it's the birthday for my son. (laughs) Maybe it's all the money I spent on his presents. I don't know. Maybe... Something's going on, but I actually think that there's a chance they come out here today and they win a convincing game.
2: I will say, JD, I do think, and well, to your point, you know, Matt Nagy's what he's done in his coaching career with the Bears. He's 31 and 27, despite the tough season this year and you know the previous season. He still does have a winning record as the Bears head coach. So to your point, I can see the argument for if you're going to let Tressman, you're going to let Fox Mm -hmm. finish it out. I could see why you know Nagy certainly has done a better job than both they did in their tenure. I will say, I think you have picked the perfect opportunity to watch and to consume this game at home, not just because it's Parker's birthday, not just because it's Thanksgiving, but also I'm really intrigued to see and read between the lines of the comments that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman yeah. give us because Matt Nagy, we know, you know, the head coach uh, meets with the broadcast team, mm-hmm. and this is our marquee event for Fox on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. the national stage. I'm going to be listening to their comments and trying to dissect everything they say, what they let us in on, because we heard Tony Romo sing the praises of Ryan Pace <laughs> this past broadcast. Yes. So I do think it's going to be really interesting to hear how Joe Buck and Troy Aikman assess this and what clues they give us. Well, you guys heard that. I didn't hear that. They yes, got no, it. Tony wow. Romo was giving Ryan Pace a lot of
4: love for the roster that he was put was really together. fluffing hey, him up. you know yeah. what? Ryan's made a lot of good decisions. I think, unfortunately, though... For every good decision, there's kind of been a bad one. You know, for every Roquan Smith, there's a Kevin White, you know. For yeah. every Akeem Hicks, there's a Pernell McPhee. Um, for every, you know, perhaps Justin Fields, there's a Mitchell Trubisky. And another thing is, you know, look, look, Ryan Pace has only been part of one winning season since he's been GM in two thousand fifteen. So I mean, it, it's all tied together. You yep. know, everything yeah. is tied together. But yeah, we'll see what they say. It'll be nice to be home. You know, don't like to do this very often, but uh, hey, I think we've all been to Detroit one too many
2: times. So <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Once, you have chosen last w- once, once is one too many times. Yeah. Uh, JD, uh, we're going to spring you here, but real quick, give us a pick uh, who you, you, you think. It sounds like you got the Bears got, or maybe I, railing
4: here. I got the Bears. I got Damn. the Bears 24
2: and the Lions
4: 14. All right. Okay. How about that? That's convincing in my book. In the Bears' world, that's convincing.
2: No, yeah, I that listen. Is convincing. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> a double-digit victory is always convincing for the Bears. JD, enjoy your Thanksgiving and enjoy the birthday for your son. Happy Parker. birthday, Parker! Uh, tell him you. happy birthday from the Miller and Miller pregame well, show.
4: Let's just, well, I might not have to tell him your name because he might be looking for
2: a birthday gift from you guys. Oh, so oh, oh.
4: <laughs>
3: Don't Call, mention you know my what? name. Tell
2: yeah. them uh, from the Point Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Yeah,
4: they got enough money, but yes. you guys, not yes. so much. Not Happy so much. Thanksgiving <laughs> to both of you. It's great being with you every single week. I'm thankful for both of you, and uh, let's see what happens
2: today, all right? Absolutely. Uh, We're thankful up. for you, J.D. Thanks as always, my man. Bye, guys. All right, right. That is Jeff Dickerson. Guess what? The reason I was, I would have given this to Parker, but he's not eligible because he's not 21 years old. <laughs> but if you're over 21 years old or older and you live in Illinois, guess what? I've got a points bet sports book pregame package for you. How about that, Dion? We're awesome. going to take two callers and I'm going to put you under the pressure here. Uh, Give me pick, pick two callers. Numbers
3: seven and 21. We're, no
2: wrong answer. Seven and 21. All right. Caller <laughs> seven, caller 21. You are going to win a uh, points bet Sportsbook prize pack courtesy of Meller and Miller right now. You will get a reserve table for four at any of the three Chicagoland points book sportsbook locations, a football jersey of your choice, a wow. VIP gift bag, including. Four points bet hoodies and points bet swag. A four $25 five dollar on site wagers on racing from Hawthorne Racecourse. Twenty five five dollar on site wagers on sports complimentary race programs. And 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 a hundred dollar Uber credit to get you to and from the points bet sportsbook of your choosing. And a hundred dollars in food and beverage credit at that points bet. Great prize package for caller seven and twenty one. All right, it's that time. Dion's Notebook, there was a lot to digest this past week at Hal's Hall. She'll give it to us next on ESPN 1000. Tell your smart speaker, play ESPN 1000.
3: The ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook Pre-Game Show. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000.
2: Happy Turkey Day to you and your loved ones. Hopefully you are spending some time with all that you are thankful for. We're thankful for you, the listeners, here on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller along with Deion Miller. And, of course, we're also presented by Valparaiso University and 3Chi. All right. It is our chance now to go inside of House Hall and all that happened this week as Deanne Miller cracks open her notebook. Miller
1: cracks open her notepad to bring you inside Hallis Hall on the ESPN Chicago pregame show.
3: I actually used two this week. There was so much oh to boy. keep track of going on at Hallis Hall, but we will begin with Monday after that fifth straight loss. And we got to speak with Jalen Johnson, who's talked to us quite a bit and has been very, very honest with us. And he was asked if there was anyone standing up in the locker room after a fifth straight loss and to lose the way that they they did any player anyone standing up in the locker room kind of rallying the troops as they headed into this short week
0: no nah, i mean honestly how many games have we lost in a row yeah there's nothing to talk about what are we i mean you're not gonna beat a dead horse i mean like i said we're all men so i mean coming in here and saying we got to figure out a way i mean to me is, is is bs like we're not gonna keep talking like we got to find ways to win we got to just get it done i mean whatever it is i mean like i said whatever it is but there's nothing to keep coming in here and talking about and having all these rah-rah speeches like we've had five weeks of raw rah speeches so i mean i don't think that talking is anything that we need to be doing
3: so who's giving those rah rah speeches? Is it the head coach that has somehow lost the locker room? That's what that sounded like. And I don't that did not sit well with me. And it caught everyone's attention because it came then then on the heels of that was that report from Jordan Schultz that he was losing most of the locker room and they were calling for his job. So I'm I'm hoping that when Jalen Johnson says this, this this is a moment where they, they know they have to dig deep. This is their chance to kind of turn the thing around and, and put a stake in the ground and say we're not gonna keep losing the way that we're losing knowing that it's on us as jd just said hopefully this is a moment where they just simply rally around themselves and not they don't need the talk they need the actual action and and i do think that if Nagy is giving those five weeks of rah rah speeches it's falling on deaf ears and that just clearly continues to highlight the dysfunction Okay. So this was 48 hours ago after the report came out that Matt Nagy had been fired. We've already played some of it. We need to play it again, just because we're heading into this first game since then. And just to kind of understand the psyche of the head coach. So here he is being asked about the report that he had been told that today is his last game as head coach of the bears.
6: There's a report today that you've been informed that your last game is that is not accurate. You know, I have not, um, you know, I have great communication with ownership with George and Ted and, and Ryan, but uh I have not had any discussions. Again, my my focus right now is on these players and on Detroit. That's it. You know, and I think that's that's my job as a as a head coach and a leader, um, is to is to do that. These guys these players have been amazing. They've been great. Um and and so you know, you have this quick turnaround after a tough loss like that and, and now here we go. It's it's the only thing that we can do is focus on the now and, and trying to do everything we can. So, you know, Thursday's gonna be here quickly and, and uh we have one objective, that's to win the game. This is the territory that we're in and I understand that. I totally respect all of that. But again, I just gotta you know, I I do understand it, but there's a there's a job for myself to make sure that these players and coaches have everything they can get from me and there's no regrets and that that's where I'm at.
3: He also insisted that any addressing any of this would be a distraction. And then he left that press conference and he addressed all of it with the front office canceling meetings. And then then George McCaskey stands up. I mean, it's it's what we've talked about all week, but the mindset he takes into this game has to be, he has to be rattled. As a human being, he has to just be rattled. So how he is able to focus today is a big deal because I do think it's it's when he gets let go, not if at this point. So this is his chance to kind of audition for whatever is next for him. And it's going to say a lot about what this team feels about him, what those players feel about him, the way that they perform today. And you have to keep an eye on that on this short week. Okay, the final thing we'll hear from Tashawn Gibson. He definitely has had a pulse on the locker room and been, again, very honest with us. He speaks to us a lot more than other players. And so he was asked about this report and when when that is put out there that your head coach's job is in danger, how that falls in the locker room and what those conversations are like. And here's what he had to say.
0: I stay in my bubble, man. I don't have Twitter. Um so, you know, obviously it's a lot of things that, 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 that goes by me, but you know, the conversations in the in the thing in the locker room haven't been anything such as that it's been a normal day in the locker room, normal conversations. No um from the guys in which I've personally been talking to, that conversation haven't peaked uh in none of the circles in the conversation in which I've had I can't speak for everybody in the locker room but uh you know it's nothing that myself personally is focused on um because obviously uh, that is beyond and above my pay grade coach Nagy is my coach man and you know uh I'm a play for him I think everybody in the locker room uh love playing for Nagy. So doing that and saying, man, we just got to go out there and and win football games, obviously. We we, we understand that uh, obviously we're not winning right now and everything is scrutinized, but I don't see any distractions on that tip of guys talking about what they heard or what's going on we're just itching to win a football game and i think that's more so the conversations that's being had obviously it was a tough loss sunday uh so anything other than that i personally couldn't speak on that and tell you what's the energy man the energy is business as usual man we got to win this game on thursday and go from there
3: yeah i think that sums it up as as accurate as that is i mean i hope it is i hope that it is accurate and that the conversations in the locker room aren't what exactly is going on here and who exactly is in charge. I hope that the focus is on football, if anything it tells us how desperate this group is to just win a game. I mean, after you've lost if you haven't they haven't won a game since October 10th. That's like 40 plus days of losing. That has got to show up in meetings day in and day out and and to try to figure out what's going on and and try to get things back on track is exhausting. It's exhausting. And and they just need a win. I think it would be such a mood booster in that locker room. It's not going to change the inevitable, which I think is that this will result in a losing season. And a coach losing his job. I think that is what's ahead of them, but just for morale at this point, they they just need a win. Then that will change the whole conversation.
2: A lot of talk about taking care of business on Thursday. Thursday is here. It is Thanksgiving. The Bears and Lions about to kick off in about t- two minutes here. And no matter what happens, uh, we will be here live for you. If uh, assuming everything goes according to plan based on what George McCaskey told the team. I will be back tomorrow with Connor McKnight at 7 from 7 to 10, filling in for Cap and Jay Hood, and we will be breaking down this game no matter what happens. Now, if the Bears do decide and George McCaskey's conversation with the team is nothing, it was just to placate them for a game. If they do decide and we get word that Matt Nagy has been fired, we will go live and local with all of our regular shows. Cap and Jay Hood will start right at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. So, I promise you, we will have Do you, you think covered. That would happen. I don't. I, I like don't based on what we heard, but I think it was certainly in play prior to word getting out to mark conkle that you know once that report hit i think the bears are trying to save face and so i don't expect that to happen but um no matter what we will have you covered on esp 1000 locally from uh from either 5 a.m to you know to 10 or we'll start at 7 if nothing happens and it's just a breakdown of tomorrow's game i'll be back with connor if that is the case but this of course is the points bet sportsbook pregame show yes brought to you by valparaiso university and three chi I have to say, Dion, it was a my pleasure, a beautiful way to start my Thanksgiving Same. working with you and our Same. man Tyler Aki behind you guys the scenes. Are the best. Thanks to Jeff Dickerson and Teddy Greenstein for joining us well here on Thanksgiving. Final prediction, what do you got? Oh,
3: I think the Lions get their first win today. Seventeen oh. to fourteen.
2: Boy, you know, I think the Bears are going to Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I think the Lions actually are going to pull this one out. They've got this one circled. I think the Lions win this one. I'll go 19 to 15.
3: Whatever happens, don't let it ruin your meal. Happy Thanksgiving, folks. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoy the
2: Bears game. Jesse Rogers has your postgame coverage after the game.
3: Big 10, Big 12, Pac 12, and SEC. We've already turned it on in your car, so press the button and enjoy.